Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Beha'a According to the Chinuch, there are five mitzvos in Parshas Beha'a three positive and two restrictions. You have in Parshas Beha'a the exciting preparation of Bnei Yisrael about to enter into Eretz Yisrael, whereby Moshe says to his father-in-law, and you can feel the excitement in the air, Moshe says, No sim anachnu, we are literally about to journey, about to travel, about to enter the promised land, and then, ouch, immediately thereafter come the two inverted nuns, which the Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Kuf Tes Vav 115a tells us Ein Zemukomo that these are not the places of these two psukim of Ahibin Soa and of Anucho Yomar. And not only that, whoa, says the Gemara something fantastic that in the future not a single word of the Torah is going to change. However, the location of these two psukim is not going to be over here, which is its improper place, but rather it's going to be 50 paragraphs back. Not coincidental that the numerical value of the nun is 50, and 50 paragraphs back where the Torah is speaking about the traveling of the camp of Israel and the Oron is in the middle. That's where it's going to be its proper place. You have, and unfortunately, why are the two nuns there? To separate between what the Gemara calls Puronios and Puronios, between one sad event and the next sad event so that we should not become entrenched in negativity. Okay, I'd like to focus this morning on a very interesting point, namely the traveling of the Jewish people in the desert. Now this is found in chapter 9, Pasuk 18, whereby the Torah says, Api Hashem Yis'u B'nei Yisrael, Literally, it means, according to the word of Hashem, would the children of Israel journey, and according to the word of Hashem, would they encamp? Good. Namely, how would they know what is the word of God? The cloud, the Anan, which was over the camp, when the Anan ascended, they knew it was time to uh, move. And when the Anan descended, that's when they uh, set up the new camp. Now, think about it. The Torah tells us, and we're using Yaakov as your quote example, Yaakov leaves Beersheba, he knows from where he's leaving, and he knows where his destination is. And most often, in our life, we think just that. We know where we're going, that we are, quote-unquote, in charge. Here we see very clearly, and the Torah gives several psukim, one after the other, in chapter 19, starting with 
verse 18, going through 23. So the Torah gives several psukim to highlight a very important point. And I would like to share with you the Ramban on these psukim in showing us what the hardship and trial of the Nisoyon, the test of the Masoos, how they traveled. Namely, the Torah is telling us that if the cloud would linger upon the Mishkan for many days, and that place was not particularly uh, enjoyable, was not complete, not particularly good in the eyes of B'nai Yisrael, and they wanted to journey on from that place, nevertheless, they did not transgress the will of Hashem, and they stayed in their place. As the Torah says at the end of verse 19, Vishamru b'nei Yisrael es mishmeres Hashem v'lo yisau. They would keep the charge of Hashem and they would not journey even though it was unpleasant. Okay? Now, let's move on. The Torah goes on to say, similarly, if the cloud would be upon the tabernacle for a number of days, meaning two days or three days, and the people were very weary, and Hashem had weakened their strength on the journey, so that they would have preferred to stay in the new location to rest. Nevertheless, they would do the will of God to continue journeying after the cloud, and once again, they would move on, even though it was not to use that Yiddish word, bakfemt, it wasn't comfortable for them. And this psukim go on to tell us more, that sometimes the cloud would remain over the Mishkan only from evening until the morning. And what does that mean? They would accordingly stay in one place for one night, and then they would continue to journey in the morning. And even though that involved once again great exertion for them. Now, we're not just talking about mental exertion, that when you go and check in someplace, you have an idea how long you're planning to be at that location. Here, they had absolutely no idea how long they were going to be. Were they going to be there overnight? And they unpack only to have to repack in the morning? Were they going to stay there 19 years, as they did at Kodesh? Amazing. So the truth of the matter is that while we have later on in this parsha the test of the mun, that you went to bed every night literally with a cupboard empty, and I mean empty, and yes, we are a bunch of big shots. We know that it came down consistently for 40 years in the desert. But they didn't know that. And they went to sleep every night having to rely upon their bitachon, their faith in Hashem, that He would provide for them. So as they had the test of the man, so too they had the test of these masoos in terms of their journeying, that it was 
very often a physical uh, exertion and even more so a mental exertion that they experienced as they traveled the 42 stops, as we're told in Parshas Masse, during their 40-year trek in the Midbar. I'd like to develop from this Alpi Hashem Yisu, Alpi Hashem Yachanu, two different ideas. The first one is the concept of location. Now, aside from real estate, where location is your primary factor, let's see what the Torah is teaching us over here with Api Hashem Yisu and Api Hashem Yachanu. There is an interesting Gemara in Shabbos, Daf Lamid Aleph Amid Beis. And Rabbi Yossi teaches the following halacha regarding the uh, one of the 39 malachos, one of the 39 prohibitions of Shabbos, which is soser, to literally uh, undo, to take apart. And what do we have? Taking apart, let's say, dismantling a home, a building, etc. So soser, one is chayav for undoing only if it is almanas on the condition livnos bimkomo. If only on the condition that I'm knocking down this house in order to build another one in its place. So then the soser, the, the knocking down, <coughs> the dismantling is clearly for a productive purpose, namely to build another house. However, if it is soser, almanas livnos shalobim como, if I'm taking down this structure on the condition of building it, rebuilding it someplace else, that's not the biblical prohibition of soser, of dismantling. It would be prohibited on a rabbinic level, but not on a biblical level. So this is Rav Yossi's teaching. Rabbah questions it and says, whoa, wait a minute. Don't we know and have the principle, as taught later on in the Gemara Shabbos, that kol melachos, all 39 prohibitions of Shabbos, yalfinon lehu mimishkan, are learned out and derived from the Mishkan, the sanctuary that traveled with them in the desert. Vahasam, and then, and there rather, when the Levim dismantled the Mishkan, it was Amanas Livnos, it was on the condition of rebuilding it, but where? Shalobim Komohu, in a different place, wherever the Anan would take them. So we see that that's considered Soser, even though it was in a different place. Now listen to the Gemara's beautiful answer. Amalei. So he answered and he said, No, Shani Hasam, it's different over there in the Midbar, in this week's parsha. Kivon Siv, since it says in our verse, Alpi Hashem Yachanu, that it was in accordance with the directive of Hashem, did they travel? So wherever they went, it was Kisoser Amanas Livnos Bimkomo Domi. It was like they were going to the same place because it was all God's location. God told them to put it here, 
and God told them to put it there, and the there and the here is all the same because it's all clearly where Hashem wants it. And where Hashem wants it, that is all. I'm always in God's presence. We find in the Gemara, <clears throat> this could be understood by the Mesifta on this staff brings the uh, insight of the teachings of the late Rav Naftali Trup, Zechrona Levracha, and he says to what may be compared to a baby who's in its mother's arms. And even though the mother might go from location A to location B, the baby is always in the same place, namely the mother's arms. Similarly, when we went in the Mishkan and traveled with it from A to B, we were always in Hashem's place. There's a very powerful lesson, and that is wherever we are, we're to look upon it as if we are in Hashem's location. We're in Hashem's place. We're there to do the role that Hashem wants us to do in that place at that time. So we are all constantly filling out forms. And after your name, they ask for your address, your ksovet. And I'm telling you right now, what's your ksovet? Your ksovet is one Hashem plaza, meaning wherever Hashem wants me to be, that's where I am, that's where I have a job to do. A very interesting idea, number one. Number two, the Shalah learns from this puzzle. While it might not be the literal translation, a beautiful idea, and that is as follows. Says the Shalah, that there's a strong teaching coming out, that Alpi Hashem, literally by having God's name in your mouth, that whatever you're going to do, I'll see you tomorrow, Emirza Hashem. I'm going to uh, be there, Be'ezras Hashem. Use God's name in your speech on a regular basis, and it's going to enhance not only your speech, but your cognizance and your recognition of your purpose and mission in this life. What do we find regarding Yosef HaTzadik? Back in Vayeshev, chapter 39, uh, Pasuk 3, Vayar Adonav, Yosef's master saw that Hashem Ito, the God, was with him. How did the master see? How does Potiphar notice that God is with Yosef? Says Rashi, Shem Shomayim Shogur Bifiv. The name of heaven was constantly in Yosef's mouth. Yosef said, Please God, thank you, Hashem. He constantly evoked the name Hashem. And that's the privilege that we have as well, based upon this pasuk, Api Hashem Yachanu, Api Hashem Isau. May we be privileged to consecrate Hashem's name. And in our daily speech, when we speak to customers, when we speak to clients, when we speak to our children, by bringing in Shem Hashem, you are enhancing consciously, subconsciously, their Yerashamayim. And so, don't tell me that the Masoos of B'nai Yisrael were over 3,000 years ago, 
and therefore irrelevant today, they are just as relevant today to giving us that closer, privileged connection with Hashem. Shabbat Shalom to all.